0: This is the ATM at the Minute podcast, episode 166, and on today's show, we are doing an NBA mock draft, all 30 first-round picks. It's the biggest day of the year for this podcast. Jackson, are you ready? Oh,
1: I am ready, but first, before we get into the mock here, let's discuss the NBA finals that just ended a couple days ago. We got the Warriors now, who have won four and six. I think all of the storylines, all of the the Steph legacy stuff has been beat to a pulp. So I, I'm not going to go crazy in depth with it. But I'm just curious what your thoughts are. And I mean, where do you consider this team in comparison to some of the other, you know, dynasties that we've seen throughout our lifetime and have heard about in the basketball history books?
0: If we want to talk dynasty first thing, it feels very spursy where Tim Duncan mm. is this, he's, he's the anchor for that whole entire boat. And that's Steph Curry for the Warriors. They've now had this sustained run where I think I likened it to like them being uh, the longest-running dynasty since the Jordan Bulls. But, I mean, this, the Spurs Some might Some people have, have said it, yeah. Yeah, the Spurs might have been longer. I mean, they won for over a decade. Uh, well, we'll see with this Warriors team. I was very impressed that they closed it out in six. You know I picked Warriors in seven, but we disagreed about game six. They got it done, and I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you reminded me. I believe before we recorded, I said the Warriors would blow them out, and you didn't believe me.
0: I thought the Celtics would bounce back, but they I wish they would have. I wanted I wanted
1: to see a good game. And they did make it close at one point. I think they got it to like 5 points with a few minutes left, but it just it wasn't happening.
0: Yeah, but I I want to talk about like what this team could look like going forward and the Celtics too before we jump into the draft. I don't see a slowing down for the Warriors. I think they already have a starting 5 for the next 8 yeah. to 10 years. Uh, I don't know and if Wiggins if can you last that long
1: that's if you remove Steph Clay and Draymond like they got the young guys at yeah, yeah, Wiggins yeah. that would be ready to just take the torch and keep it moving
0: right let's assume clay is more consistent next year i don't know if his like ceiling is going to be higher just cuz he's getting older but i think you're going to get a better version of clay next year assuming Absolutely. he's healthy steph looks like he is in the best shape of his life i'm not trying to use a cliche but like he is in great shape defending his ass off too as well as you know, carrying that big of a load on offense. And then you have all these young guys. Pool's going to get better. Uh, Moses Moody is going to get more run. There's a report that they're trying to trade their first-round pick because they need to give Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman minutes next year. Yep. Then we go on to Kaminga, the Draymond-era parent. Wiseman could be the guy after Looney. And then Wiggins... Five years from now, he's going to be 33, probably in the prime of his career. I think he he can definitely last that long uh, athletically. I mean, what a force he was defensively uh, in the Western Conference finals and against Tatum in the finals. Like Tatum was worn out by the end of it. They're going to be legit for a while. No doubt. I mean, they're not going anywhere by any means, and I don't think they're going to make
1: any big move either. I mean, imagine how glad Bob Myers is that they didn't go make some godfather trade for Bradley Beal or someone like that. It worked out perfect. They got to keep all their young guys that are going to carry the torch on, you know, after this Steph wave of clay and Draymond and them move on. And yeah, they're going to be back in the thick of the playoffs next year. I think. Dynasty wise, I like your comparison to the Spurs, but I would almost compare it more to the Lakers. And I think about Steph as kind of like that Kobe comparison obviously, two very different players, but I think more in the sense of, you know, Kobe had probably these easier titles with Shaq. Steph kind of had that with KD, but then he had the others, you know, with Powell and some of those guys where he was really the driving force behind it. And we saw that with Steph this year, saw it in the first finals run where they got one. So, Props to him. I'm happy for him. I all like in that. All. Thank you. That's, and that's then, the
0: first time I've heard that. I, I like it. So Katie is Shack, and then let's say Wiggins is Powell. Yeah, exactly. Spot okay. on.
1: All right, something like that. And then looking at next year, I think they're probably just going to pick up a backup point guard and a backup center, or depending on what happens with Looney, maybe and Wiseman, maybe Hell, a starting Payton, center.
0: Maybe he could be your backup. Handle the rock a little more or, or pool. I mean,
1: yeah, but regardless, they're going to go snag two ring chasing veterans probably for the MLE or veteran minimum, and they'll be just fine. They're going to be right back in the thick of it. And I think it's really going to come down to more of what the other top teams in the West do. Do we see the Clippers make some big trade and get a quote unquote third star where all of a sudden? They've got a little bit more talent than the Warriors. I don't know, so I think their chances are really going to be more dependent on what those other top teams in the West do this summer. Nonetheless, though, Golden State ain't going nowhere the next five years.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, and I don't, I don't like the whole Mickey Mouse talk with this championship. They did go through Luca. Yes, John Morant got hurt, but they beat Luka Doncic, who's, I mean, statistically, I was having this conversation with. Uh, my roommate Kurt the other day who could compare to LeBron at the end of their career like for playoff statistics I can't see anyone active doing it except for maybe Luca
1: yeah that's a total I mean, tangent as of right now he's probably the only
0: one Giannis I could see Giannis yes but no- Giannis
1: better numbers but those two were probably the only
0: ones right and you know, Boston, on the other hand, they beat Kevin Durant. They go through Giannis. Yes, there's no Middleton, but it's still Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. That is a huge deal to beat the reigning champ, drop 50 points in the finals. And then you go through Miami, who everyone, a lot of people who I think are smart, had as the best team in the East all season long. You got Jimmy Butler going crazy in a handful of those games. I think they were a very good team. So I think it's a legit title. Good for Steph. And the Celtics, let's flip it over here now. How do you feel about them? I feel like Tatum, actually, I don't feel like, I know Fadum, Ta- Tatum faded down the stretch Faden of the Tatum. finals. new name? <laughs> yeah, he faded, but I think they can get back in the next few years. Uh, I don't know, man.
1: I don't know. I think they've got probably a better core in place than Phoenix did when they had their finals run, but it reminds me of that a little bit. Like they were a good team, very fortunate to get there. And sure, is there a chance they get back in the next few years? Absolutely. You know, but is it a given? No. I I would not be surprised if they don't make it back for a few years. I think this was kind of the year where the stars just aligned for them and, you know, they got that far. Could they be back in theory? Yeah, but I would not bet on it. Let's look at the East real quick.
0: Who would be most likely to make the finals in the next five years? Yes, Milwaukee's number one. Boston's got to be two, though. There's there's a lot of questions around Miami.
1: Yeah, a lot of questions around Miami and Brooklyn and Philly. Those three are probably the others that you would think are in the mix, but we'll see what happens with the stars. I mean, Kyrie, KD, Harden, all those dudes. It's a little bit in limbo right now, they're whereas all getting Milwaukee in Boston, they're coming back. Yeah, they are getting older, too. So, uh, I mean, in terms of next year and the year after, I think all of them are in the mix if they retain their big stars. But I don't know. It's interesting to see. And I feel like this year the NBA was more wide open than it's been in a long time we did have the era of LeBron and the OP Warriors with KD and these teams Mm -hmm. that you just felt like were a lock to be in the finals every year where everyone else didn't have a shot. And now it seems like there's five, six teams on both sides that really do have a chance if they stay healthy, make the right moves around the edges, they could win a title. So I think In this draft and this summer, we are going to see a lot of very aggressive moves from teams that think their title window is the most wide open as it's been in a very long time.
0: All right. Well, you did mention the draft. I have no more thoughts on the finals. Let's get into it here. All 30 first round picks. Jackson and I are going back and forth. This is the pick we would make if we were the decision maker here. So let's throw that caveat out there to get started. Jackson, I believe I'm on the board first. Yeah. On the clock first. Go ahead and take your guy
1: and give me the rationale.
0: I am going to go with Jabari Smith here.
1: Wow. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. I like that.
0: (laughs) All right. I like that. So we all know about him. 6'10", freshman, out of Auburn, elite shooter, with a 6'10 frame, he can rise over the top of anyone and get that thing off. He has a really nice jab step face up game. Developed turnaround game already can go over each shoulder. People say he's not gonna be a go-to guy or a go-to guy, maybe not as much of a sure thing of a go-to guy as Paolo. Yeah. But the, the moves I just named are all moves that you could throw the rock to him any possession and he could get a shot off. So I, I love his upside. People don't talk about it enough and defensively he can switch on just about anyone. I don't want him guarding bigger centers, but I feel fine about him switching and guarding probably the two through four at a high level. So I'm going Jabari Smith here. Easy pick. Okay. I respect that. I think the shot making ability and the switchable defense
1: gives him the highest floor out of any of the prospects. So For that alone, you can't go wrong with them at number one.
0: I like the pick. And they need shooting in Orlando.
1: That is very true. They do need shooting in Orlando. And on the clock now with the number two pick, and I guess before I make the pick, just going to mention, keep looking at these Vegas odds. Whether you're a betting person or not, that's a really good way to gauge What the rumors are and what the vibe really is, because there's enough money on this in the day and age we live in. Vegas ain't going to have that line wrong. They're going to be turning over every single stone, trying to make sure they know what to set that line at. So the more and more I see it move back to even, whereas Jabari had been the heavy, heavy favorite. And like I mentioned on the last pod, the line had dropped significantly down to like minus 275. Well, today I saw it at minus 160. So this could be. Even, totally even between Chet and Jabari on draft night. Something to continue watching.
0: Now, number two, are you making your pick based on that?
1: No, I'm not making my pick based on that, but just something to keep in mind. Jabari is by no means a lock at one anymore, and Chet is definitely in the mix. Sounds like it will be one of them, too, for sure, though. I agree. All right. Well, on the clock at number two, I'm not going to go with the consensus here. You already knew that. Of course, I'm not going to take (laughs) Chet.
0: That's why I wanted the number one pick. Let's be clear. That's fair. So you
1: can go ahead and take Chet at three with the Rockets. Ah, All right. Good for you. But anyway, I've made my Paolo spiel and rants enough times on this pod. I think he's the most talented offensive player and he's got the highest ceiling. I think the way that he can create at six, ten and a half is not normal. This guy is a specimen and the offensive talent is something that you might not see again in the next five drafts. So. Whether I'm at one, two, three, four, if I can get Paolo Banquero and I'm any of these top teams, I'm taking him. He is my number one prospect.
0: I respect it. I love his ability to handle the ball at 6'10". I think that's the real skill people don't talk about enough with his upside. If he is going to be the number one player, it's going to be because of his playmaking on top of the scoring. I worry about the defense, though. We all know this, but I would love him in OKC. I don't see how he wouldn't make them a better team. Give them another scoring option uh, off of SGA. You know, Giddy's going to be more of a facilitator. He'll score when the ball comes to him. I like it, but I wouldn't make that pick.
1: (laughs) I know you wouldn't.
0: Go ahead. Give Give me your guy here at three and let's get this over with. All right. With the third pick, the Houston Rockets will select Chet Holmgren, the 7-foot rookie out of Gonzaga. He's just too good. The ceiling is too high for them to pass up on him. I think he fits in great next to Alper and Shangoon. He can play on the perimeter as a shooter um, and finish around the rim really well. 80% around the rim his freshman year. I love what he does defensively. And I think he's going to be really good in the pros. It might take a few years, but sure thing. I'm not going to
1: argue with anything you said there. I think that's all very fair. I've come around on him to a degree, and I will recognize the skills for what he has. I think he has a chance to have a five- to six-year window where he makes some all-NBA teams. He makes some all-star teams if he hits his stealing. (laughs) But here's my thing with him, and I have him at number seven, and this is why,
0: of my prospect. okay. You beat me to it. I was going to ask where he's at on your final board.
1: So I feel like that's reasonable. And (laughs) to put it in perspective, though, Tim Bontemps, I listened to him on a podcast today and he has Paolo Bancaro at 11. So let's not act like I'm crazy outlandish here. Like, I think Chet will be good. I have him as the seventh best prospect in this draft, but I don't think he's a sure thing. And I don't think he's the number one option. And the reason why I'd favor the other two guys over him more than anything If you had to bet on who's going to have a healthier, longer career, I don't think you can look at Chet's frame and his body type and compare him to the other guys built like him that have played in the league, big minutes, and think he will hold up over a 10-year window. I would just personally be shocked if 10 years from now, he was playing at an all-star level and was going to be able to play into his mid-30s. I don't see that especially with the way that guys are going to go at him and try to be extremely physical with him whenever he's guarding them in his early years. I don't think that's going to necessarily lead to injury, but I don't think this guy is just going to be playing on the perimeter, free of contact, able to constantly be good to go to play 70-plus games in a season. I mean, even look at KD. He's been incredible, and he's reached some of the highest highs, but he's had a really hard time staying healthy the last four to five years, and that's been a big part of the reason why the teams he's been on Hadn't been able to go win rings and make these runs like they were expected to. So I think Chet is worth a top 10, probably even top five pick. Yes, but I think it's more of a gamble than people realize just based on looking at his frame and projecting that over an 82 game season over an extended period. I don't buy him playing into his mid 30s. And for that reason alone, I would lean toward Jabari and Paolo. And I don't feel like that's an outlandish argument.
0: I don't think he gets enough credit for how tough he plays. And I do think. I just don't I don't think he plays like someone who's going to find themselves injured. He just has really good feel. And I think he he does. I don't think the guy's walking around like his, you know,
1: bones are made of glass or anything. But of the seven footers that you've seen that move a lot laterally and have these wide-skilled games where they do get to handle the ball and play multiple positions and do a lot of different things and be making so many different movements throughout a game, I don't see them ever consistently staying healthy. Like Giannis is an outlier. He is one of a kind. And I don't think it's fair to compare Chet to Giannis. I don't think they have the same level of athleticism. Clear, I
0: didn't say that on this podcast.
1: I'm not saying <laughs> you did. You, you maybe made a rough comparison once or twice, but not saying you said That's he was going to be Giannis or little. anything like that. And I think he will fill out. But I just you look at Porzingis, you look at KD, you look at these other massive guys that have come into the league and they're not the, you know, Iron Man dudes who are able to play 70 plus games consistently. So that has to be factored in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, last thing, I don't know if he's ever going to be the number one scoring option on a team, but he could definitely be the third, maybe second. And he's going to unlock so much for you defensively. Like he is, he is someone who just raises the ceiling of your team. Uh, and you feel
1: okay taking a guy at number three who you think will probably be the third best option on a team.
0: I mean, like, offense or scoring. Score. I mean, if he's with Jalen Green, he's definitely not going to be the number one scorer. I do think he could get to twenty-four a game, but I think chet at his best impact wise it's probably like 22 23 12 12 rebounds like a few blocks three to four blocks a game sure
1: that's pretty that's damn reasonable. good <laughs> that's
0: reasonable yeah
1: i still just like the other two but we're hey we're making a lot of progress here no one's voice got raised no tempers flared too much there i mean was, if was anyone's gonna good. raise their voice
0: it was going to be, be me you. because I'm
1: tired <laughs> of the the Chet bullshit that everyone thinks he's a surefire number one 10 year all star. That's just going to be the second uh, coming of freaking some of the analytics people like bond temps today. I had to turn it off. It was insane. He was just talking numbers and what Chet did at Gonzaga and how that projected forward. And I don't understand how you can just look at Rod numbers playing in an inferior conference and be like, well, it projects perfect to the NBA. He's a surefire thing. I don't get it, but
0: hey. We didn't see the whole package at Gonzaga, but anyways, you're on the clock at four. Yes. Who are you taking for the Sacramento Kings? All right, so a little bit of tea here. Everyone's got them
1: mocked to take Jaden Ivy for the most part. He has not worked out with them as far as I've read, and he has been very open that Sacramento is not his preferred destination. I've seen a lot of smoke about Keegan Murray. It sounds like they're zeroing in on him, but I'm still seeing Ivy on a lot of very smart people's mocks. There is some Wojism, but a lot of very smart people on the mocks that still have Ivy at four. I don't know what the heck's going to happen, but if I'm Sacramento here, I just take Ivy. I just take the guy that I think is probably the best player. I don't care if I don't have his medicals. We would have heard stories by now if there was something weird yeah. going on with him. He looks one all right team to would me. have leaked it. <laughs> I watched him plenty last year and he looks fine. I take him, and if he gets there and he's unhappy, then I'm sure we can find a trade partner and it will not be that difficult.
0: Um yeah. Love Jaden Ivey. He's a number three player on my board. And I think they should take him. I don't I don't think there's a better player with more upside. On the board. And I'm really not sure who they could get with that pick that makes them a playoff team next year.
1: I don't think it would necessarily make them a playoff team, but the guy who would make them the best right away is Keegan Murray. And I think he's also the best fit for that lineup where he comes in and plays the four next to Sabonis. And it would actually make them at least a few wins better. But you're going to need more than that if you actually want to get into the playoffs with a mediocre roster you have right now. So for that reason, I'm taking Ivy, probably same mindset as you if we were making the pick, but I kind of am starting to expect them to take Keegan Murray.
0: Yeah. I, I'm i hearing a lot of Keegan Murray buzz as well, so do, do not be surprised on draft night if they just end up taking him over Ivy and letting Ivy fall to the Pistons, which is everybody's dream.
1: Yes, which I'm starting to feel like could happen, but one other note Have you heard that uh, there's a dark horse team trying to move up for this number four pick? It's the Memphis Grizzlies?
0: No, I have not heard that.
1: Yeah, I saw something about that today that they've been inquiring about the pick, and it makes me wonder, who would their guy be? I don't think Ivy and Ja and Bane would. would, And they would just try and get the most insane backboard in the league. He loves
0: Ja Moran. He literally wants to be Ja Morant you so, think those two
1: could play together and win a championship?
0: I think they'd trade like Jaron or something and try to get up there. Oh, man. That would be
1: nuts. I would not man. do that, but it would be fun that, to see. That sounds like you Keep some. an eye out for it.
0: Probably is, but you never know. Anything else on the Kings here? I don't think they're that mm, interesting nope. from a trade perspective. I'm more interested in who trades with them if they do make a move. Agreed. All right, so I'm on the clock with the Pistons at 5.00. I think this may surprise you. I'm going to go with Ben Matherin, sophomore out of Arizona. I love the fire he plays with. I think he would fit great at the two next to Cade Cunningham. He can. He's a movement shooter, has potential to be a very high-level one, high release, high lift on his jump shot. I think he would be fantastic in Detroit. I think he has upside. He's only 19. And he shot the ball so damn well at Arizona. That is a translatable skill and a very valuable one. So I'm taking him at five, six, six shooting guard out of Arizona. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The more and more that I've
1: gotten into these mocks, I've watched more tape. I think he is someone that will be in that five to seven, maybe eight range. As of right now, I've got him mocked going to the Pacers at six. Now, that's partially dependent on Keegan Murray going to number four or going to the Kings at number four and being back on the clock here with the Pacers pick at six. I'm going to take Keegan Murray. I think he's the next best player, but I think Mathurin is up in that category with the next group of guys after the big three, and he should be off the board by the eighth or ninth pick at the latest.
0: Yep. Um, I do like Keegan Murray there as well. The fit with Indiana just seems seamless. He would come in and give them possibly a number one scoring option. Not not near one, but uh, down the line. Shoots the ball really well. And I hope they move off of Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. Strip it down. Get younger. Build around Halliburton, Duarte, Keegan. And let's get going. Let's have some fun. Let's actually try to make a contending team. Because what they have right now is not getting close. So
1: retweet and let's just get young. Let's get young and good. We can figure out contending later, but sounds like they are looking to get off Brogdon. I just don't think he has a ton of value with his inability to stay healthy.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm on the board here at seven. The Portland Trailblazers. Now, I think this pick may get moved on draft night. This pick will get
1: moved on draft night unless something crazy happens and offers just fall through and teams back out. This pick's getting moved.
0: Yeah, but I don't care. I'm making the pick, and I'm taking Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor. They do it all. Defender can guard one through five. Great feel on offense. Can put the ball on the floor, make good passing reads, can finish around the rim, good lob threat. He really does it all, and I think the shot is going to come along, and he'll be a knockdown corner shooter at the worst but I think he's got upside offensively and fits great next to Dame because of his defensive ability. So that is the pick at seven. I like
1: Sohan a lot. I don't know what the heck they're going to do if they stay there. It's got to be someone that they think can help them win now. Do you think I don't... he
0: can? I, I lean that he will be able to just because of, one, his international experience, and two, the defense. No doubt he can help. But he's not going to be
1: the help that they need because they need a ton. Like they need a guard that oh, they, can come yeah, in and enough. put up twenty plus points a game. Like, might as well take a swing on like Johnny Davis and hope that he can come mm. in and put up twenty off the bat but they Bring or something back like Simmons. Like yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But I can't imagine him and Dame being enough. Still, they don't have any
0: other offense after them too. I don't know. Portland's
1: in a bad, bad place.
0: A they, very yeah. bad place. Yeah, it, it Let's doesn't move. matter who the pick oh, is at seven. Portland is not a contender next year, but Sohan is a right. very good player. So I think he's worth taking him there. I feel pretty strongly this could be a pick that
1: OKC moves up to, whether it's for Sohan, whether it's Matherin. for Sharp, like rumored Matherin, whatever it is. I think OKC will move up from 12. Okay. Anyway, let's go to eight here. The Pelicans on the clock. And another note on this, supposedly the Suns are trying to trade Cam Johnson, potentially some picks in there as well, and get this eighth pick. What I read said it would be in an effort to keep Ayton. We would throw in some other guys that are making, you know, seven, eight mil, something like that, a Jay Crowder or campaign maybe, and try and get us to a point where we wouldn't be so far to the luxury tax Sarver would be unwilling to pay. That is what I read. I have no idea if Phoenix would actually do this. I believe wholeheartedly that we would trade Cam Johnson for the eighth pick so we don't have to extend him, but I'm not sure if that means anything for Ayton. I could see us signing and trading Ayton and still trading Cam Johnson for the eighth pick because we have been pretty active moving up into or out of the mid to late lottery the last five seasons. I mean, with Mikel Bridges, with Cam Johnson himself, with the trade that ended up turning into Dario Saric and could have been Brandon Clark. And we've been active in the mid-late lottery, so I'm buying this buzz about number eight. Assuming the Pelicans stay on the clock, though, I'm going shade and Sharp here. And this is a pure potential pick. Dyson Daniels would be a better fit to win right now, but if I'm at eight, I realistically don't think anyone I take here will probably play their rookie season. With the talent that we've got and how deep we are already, I don't see someone beating out Alvarado or CJ or anyone like that or competing with them for ball handling minutes. So with that being said, I'm just going to take a big old swing on a guy that I think could be a star and is still on the board. Give me Shaden Sharp.
0: All right. I like it. Although he is going to be 10 on my board when it's all said and done. That's fine. At least you got him top 10. I, I can live with that. Yeah, because they can contend next season and should be significantly better with Zion, I think they can afford to take the risk with Sharp and slow play this. They have Fred Vinson, their incredible shooting coach that they speak highly of. Get him with this kid, the, the lift he has on his jumper. Yeah, I mean, he could turn into something special. So I'm with it. All right. I I would have gone Dyson Daniels here too, though. I think you mentioned that. That's what I've got on my mock right now.
1: So realistically, I think that would happen before sharp. But if it's me, I'm taking sharp. So let's keep it moving here. Number nine now, San Antonio Spurs. You are on the clock.
0: All right. This is an interesting spot. Because my board has not really been shaken up that much and they have a lot of the position of the guy I want to take. This is tough. What, Johnny Davis? No. All right, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and take AJ Griffin mm. out of Duke. You know you guys know I love him. The shooting is elite. Shot like 47% from 3 last year at Duke. And I think his shot creation ability is a little bit underrated. You've highlighted on numerous occasions that you didn't see enough from him. Well, I've argued back. It's because they have Palo. It's because they have window more. It's because they have an upperclassman guard in Roach and keels. So many mouths to feed. This guy has a, an offensive package that we haven't fully seen. And I think he fits well next to DeJounte Murray long defender at, at the point of attack. I think they can make it work and they'll figure out the rest. I'm buying the upside here. Mm. Mm.
1: I don't love it, but I'm still seeing him anywhere from six all the way to 18 on mocks. But I think he's going to be at the end or just outside of the lottery. The more and more I look at some of these other guys like a Johnny Davis or a Dyson Daniels or even like a, a Benedict Matherin. I cannot make myself look at A.J. Griffin and think that he's the same ballpark as them. And then the more I also hear about the defensive advance numbers, kind of concerning that he was one of the worst defensive players on the court at all times at Duke. Little bit of a red flag with how athletic he is and how he really wasn't having to guard. He was playing that jazz defense players.
0: knowing Mark Williams was going to clean it up.
1: I guess I guess I don't know you know how I feel about him he's one to watch though probably one of the bigger wild cards for draft night because I don't think anyone really knows the range of where he'll end up
0: yep number 10
1: here oh one other thing about that ninth pick I've heard it's almost a done deal that they're taking Jalen Duran. like they've made up their mind they're going center and he's the guy
0: yeah I've been heard or I've seen her and <laughs> I've seen Duran link to them for a long long time like
1: I'm starting a couple to months it.
0: now so would not be shocked at all if he's the pick
1: okay number 10 here the Washington Wizards I'm gonna go ahead and take him because he's there give me Dyson Daniels hell yeah they need a ball handling guard Daniels is really more of a wing the way that he's built, but he plays like a point guard and he can facilitate like a point guard. So I'd be between him and Ty Ty. And I think with the size and length and athleticism with Daniels compared to what you've got with Ty Ty and the passing ability is just as good, if not better. I'm going Dyson Daniels. I feel like he's the safer bet.
0: All right. I I love the pick. I think he would fit fantastically next to Bradley Beal because of that defense and they don't have a point guard he could be the point guard Beal handles the rock a lot as well good move for Tommy Shepard and co in Washington all right and uh old Tommy
1: there in Washington thinks it's going to be a very busy busy draft night he said he expects a lot of trades so got me excited
0: yeah, speaking of, the New York Knicks are on the clock at 11. <laughs> yeah. They're a team who a lot of people expect to move this pick. I've also heard that 11 through 30 in this draft could be wildly active on draft night, moving these picks, trying to get established players, the John Collins, the Go Bears, the, the Aitans. We'll see who gets moved on draft night or around uh, around it. But I got a pick for the Knicks, and I am going to go ahead here. This this may come as a bit of a surprise. I'm going to go with Blake Wesley. I've come... Excuse me? Yeah, I've come all the way around on this kid. Freshman out of Notre Dame, local kid. Awesome athleticism, 6'5", really long. I think he has the potential to be a one in the NBA. So I think that's a big win for them if they can get a point guard at that size with that kind of athleticism. I, I believe that he will put it together. Just quick just on it. You think he's ever going to shoot above 70% from the free throw line? I do. I'm betting on it. I like you know who pick.
1: he reminds me of, like who? the build and not necessarily the numbers, some of them, but this just screams poor man's Donovan Mitchell.
0: If he's a poor man's Donovan Mitchell, hell yeah, I'm pumped with that at the 11th pick. I've got him all the way down at 33
1: on my board, if that tells you how I feel about him.
0: <laughs> well, uh, a lot of people disagree on this draft. So I
1: know, I know. He's one that I've seen high, I've seen low, everything in between. All right. right. I'm, sw- I'm with the be, upside that'd be the highest I'm the I've seen him, though. I, I'm I don't at even my know. Board. I don't know what I'm doing if I'm the Knicks.
0: That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at my board. I'm not drafting a center. I don't believe in that this early in the draft. And he's really come on strong. So I think there's upside. And that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. If I'm the Knicks, like you wouldn't take a
1: guy like Johnny Davis that you think you could maybe pair with RJ Barrett, someone that has all star potential, could help play you back into the playoffs this year.
0: No, I, I like I like Johnny Davis as a contributing player in the league, probably a winner, but I don't think he has the upside that Wesley does. Wow. Okay. I will kid respect came back your bold school, prediction. He's putting up twenty a game next year.
1: I mean, maybe if they're a bad team again and he's doing everything, yeah, I buy that hundred percent. All right. Okay, number twelve here oklahoma city thunder on the clock and like i said before i highly expect the thunder to move up so wouldn't be shocked if they aren't picking here but wouldn't be shocked if they still are who knows maybe we use future picks to move up if we do or whatever it is but i'm gonna make this pick operating under the assumption that we did just take Paolo at two so i'm not really looking for another big here i kind of like make just
0: assuming you took jabari or chat too like how much is that what, changing? What do you
1: mean? We're, we're in the mock right here. Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I literally took Paolo, so. No, 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 I'm I know, I know. Operating under the assumption he'll be on my roster. Anyway, I'm going to go with Usman Jang here. So he's someone that is kind of a big, but he's really like a three. If he's going to come along and develop the way that we think he could, he's someone that can handle it. He's very lengthy, very tall, but he's also incredibly skinny. He's not going to go play the four or the five whenever, if it were to be next year or years in the G League, and then develop into the player that we hope he can be, whatever that would be, it's not going to be as a big. It'll be more as a wing. And I think here you just take a big old swing because it sounds like OKC wants to have another mediocre year and try to get Victor one Wim- Yama, Did I say that right? Yama. Yeah, Yama, There we go. They want him so. I'm not expecting OKC to try to go get two win-now guys and do anything crazy to get dudes to rack up the wins this season. So I think the 12th pick could very well be a project guy if we make that pick.
0: I do think there's potential there with Jang. But as an OKC fan, I hope they want nothing with Jang and Shaden Sharp. I'm putting that on the record now. Well, they're linked to both those guys, so I know. They're they've been heavily linked to both of those guys. I want someone who I know is going to be good. That's that's my philosophy. I totally understand this pick though. It's very thundery. That's just what I'm hoping for on draft night tomorrow. <laughs> would you go Johnny Davis here?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy with that. I think I would too. I don't expect it. I just don't think he would make sense. Another guy that kind of needs the ball in his hands when you've already got SGA and Giddy, but and Paolo at that point. Who knows, though? I don't I think-, think
0: he'll be. I think he'll be able to play without it. Uh, he was 39 percent on catch and shoot threes. And good defender. yeah, I mean, he he only had to do so much because Wisconsin was crap. So, yeah, I think he'll be good. But do you think he could fall this far on draft night? yes I do too I do not as long as some of these other guys and I think that could hurt him in the draft
1: well that combined with the fact that he only put up two assists on the year you know like if he was dropping four or five dimes I feel like it'd be a little bit different but with a guy that's that much smaller that doesn't really do a ton of dime dropping it's tough
0: yeah like how versatile is he is he gonna be able to guard threes not sure Oh, he's strong, but man, yeah, probably he's short. Yeah, um, okay. Last bit on the Thunder. Yeah, I want them to get a shooter somewhere. Please get a shooter at twelve. That's all I had to say. I
1: don't even know who your shooter at twelve would.
0: If they trade up, give me Matherin. I'm leaving that there. That'd be sick. He said he calls Dort Big Bro. Dort calls him Lil Bro. He wants so we, to get we just go hand. get we go get Matherin and Shaden
1: Sharp Let's and get go the full Canadian, team, Canadian national
0: team, team. SGA door. Like Matherin. Yeah. All right. I'm back on the clock at 13. The Charlotte Hornets. Let's see who's on my board.
1: This has got to be either Johnny Davis or Mark Williams, surely.
0: Yeah. Give me Johnny Davis here. This is this is we're getting to the point where this is too far for him to fall. And everything we just said about the defense. Yeah, he might not be able to guard threes, but he's going to do a good job on ones and twos. That fits well next to LaMelo, gives him a little bit of nastiness. He's a intense player. I like it. They need someone who adds that kind of caring about defense into their culture, into that building. So Johnny Davis here, I think that's a good pick. All right, then that puts
1: me back on the clock at 14 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Word on the street is they're looking to trade out of this pick. They want to pick up either future assets or pieces that can help them win now. I don't really know what the thinking is behind this, but if I'm them at 14... I'm really looking at Mark Williams. I know I have Jared Allen. I know I have Mobley. But guaranteeing, no, no, no. Just hear me out. Having a guy that you know is good. For 25 minutes, if Allen ever goes down, Mobley ever goes down, you can look to him to play big minutes. I think that they got put in a really tough spot when they had Allen and Mobley each going in and out because they didn't have any other bigs. You can't expect Lowry Markinen to go actually guard fives out there. It's never going to happen. He would just be depth and safety. Now, if they want to get a little aggressive here and try and get a piece that they think can really help them right away and get a playoff push then I'm probably going to go with Ochai. I think your guy would make a lot of sense for them on the wing. I think he can take a lot of those Chetty Osman minutes and do everything that he does, <laughs> be a better defender, be quicker, more athletic, and just be an overall upgrade there. I also think that he can do a little bit more on the offensive end than Isaac Okoro, and when he's out there with Garland, yeah, he can. some of the others, he's going to open the floor up more. So he makes a lot of sense. Let's just go with our even though I really like Mark Williams and know you're going to take him next at 15.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, I like Ochai here. Um, Okoro has not shot the ball well. They're getting a little frustrated. Sounds like Sexton may re-sign there, uh, which I would really like for them. Um, So add in a wing who can shoot, play next to Darius Garland, and defend wings well when you already have those two monsters at the rim. Yeah, I think that's a great fit for them. I I mean, I don't know if Ochai is a lottery pick, but I think he's going to be a valuable rotation guy because of the shooting, because of the defense. So 14 is probably about the highest I would go on him, but I like it here. 12 to 20. I think 12 to 20,
1: he's a lock to be in that range.
0: Yeah. All right. Charlotte Hornets on the clock. Both of the top center prospects are still here. Jalen Dern and Mark Williams. I am so crazy. Yeah. I'm a Mark Williams guy. I I like his athleticism a little more than Dern's. I think he will be able to play around the perimeter a little bit better. Call me crazy. And I think Dern's just a little bit clunkier than some people want to let on to. So I agree. Give me Mark Williams here. He is going to raise the ceiling of this uh, Hornets team, give LaMelo an awesome lob threat and give that team a rim presence. if they get Johnny Davis and Mark Williams on draft night. That team was a lot win. different next year. Absolutely.
1: That's so crazy though. Cause the more I look at the order here, if the Spurs don't take Jalen Duran at nine, I mean the, the Knicks. Knicks at 11 would be a possibility. And then the Hornets would be the only Under. other option. I don't think the Thunder would do that. Especially if they take a big with their first pick. I don't see them getting like a four and a five.
0: Yeah, but they hadn't.
1: Sure, but they didn't take Sabonis right before him or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't think they'd walk out with two really big bigs.
0: Yeah, we'll see. All right,
1: 16. Atlanta Hawks here. This is where I have Ogbaji actually mocked. Mm. But with him off the board... I think we're going to take a little bit of a swing. I know they're looking to get better right now. They're looking to potentially move this pick. It Come sounds on, like baby. John Collins is getting moved for sure. I'm going to take a gigantic, massive I I know swing for the fences and take Jaden Hardy and just see Ooh. what happens. Wow. Someone is going to take him in the teens and everyone will be surprised. But when you look at the stature of a prospect, he was going into the G league, coming out of high school, he played so few games. I don't get how you can knock his draft stock this freaking much.
0: It's worth a chance. I heard the conversation. Um, if Jaden Hardy pulls a shade and sharp one, I think committing to Kentucky just raises your draft stock. Uh, 100% like it's not going to do that at Kansas most likely um if Jaden Hardy commits to Kentucky tells everyone he's going to play never plays kind of doesn't do a whole lot in his workouts where does he go in this draft top 10 absolutely absolutely yeah so I believe in the talent I don't know about him defensively I just don't have enough information to feel confident about him being a plus guy. So I'm not sure about the fit next to Trey. You would not be expecting him to come in and play right away.
1: This would be like a, hey, in a couple years, if he develops right and he's ready, he could be like their Jordan pool. You know what I mean? Like he is to yeah. Steph. He could be something like that for them on a more realistic note maybe going with a guy like Jalen Williams, that's a little bit more proven, was can handle here. the rock, play on or off. I looked at that on my mock. It felt a little early, a little early. I think as of right now, I've got him at 19 to the Timberwolves, mm. but I could see it. I think he would make sense for the Hawks.
0: Yeah. I, okay. So anything else on Hardy? No, that's it. But I'm taking a swing. I'm backing right. this guy. Yeah, I think he he very well might be worth the swing Um, with the Houston Rockets at 17 via Brooklyn. I'm going to go with the aforementioned Jalen Williams. This team is very much a blank slate. I look at their wings, though, and they have Jay Sean Tate, Eric Gordon, who belongs somewhere other than Houston. And I'm not really sure is being else. shopped. Yeah, Eric Gordon will probably be moved in the next couple weeks. So let's go Jalen Williams. He's long. He could play the two next to Jalen Green. If Jalen turns into a lead guy, he could probably guard threes as well. I believe he had the longest plus wingspan at the combine. Measures Yeah, he's six, six
1: six with a long wingspan. He can guard threes, no doubt.
0: Feet. Yeah, so I think he's a fantastic fit here. He has a good feel off the bounce, nice floater game, and he's an awesome shooter from three, so... I think that's a great fit if they come out with Chet, Jalen Williams. They got to be feeling really good. Absolutely. All right, who you got at 18? The Chicago Bulls are on the clock. So at 18, I'm between two guys. I think
1: you want someone that can handle the ball. You need someone that can create other than DeRozan, and unfortunately, you just can't bank on Lonzo being healthy anymore. As much as I wish you could. What was that? What about Levine? Yeah, Levine as well, but I don't really see him as a creator. I feel like he's more of a scorer. Him and DeRozan both. Like,
0: sure, okay. Levine's going
1: to pick up like four or five assists, but you need someone that can get your vooches going. They I'm can find your knockdown shooters. Yeah, more of a facilitator than a playmaker, I guess gotcha. I should say.
0: Now you said creator. I was kind of thinking more of like uh, scoring,
1: but. Well, there, there's one guy that is kind of more that Malachi Branham. I think he is what Chicago will actually look to do. I have him mocked there right now. But if Ty-Ty were to be, no, Ty-Ty sitting there, I feel like they've got to make that pick. And him coming off the bench, dropping some dimes, running your offense, let Levine and DeRozan play off ball and not have to create everything for themselves for the entire game. It's going to give them a little more legs. Hopefully they won't collapse in the second half of the season and struggle in some fourth quarters. That's my logic with this pick. I just think Tai Tai there at 18 you got to take him.
0: All right. I mean they do have IO Desunmu coming off a strong rookie year. But I like Tai Tai a lot. DeRozan is getting old. You know, you could have IO, Tai Tai, Lonzo as your backcourt of the future. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. It'll be pretty cool. It'll be pretty cool. And yeah,
1: I like IO a lot, but I don't think he's going to be enough. And I also don't think that he's as much of the facilitator. He can do a little bit of everything, but I don't ever see him being a seven, eight assists a night type of guy.
0: Gotcha. I like the Branham idea as well. um, For Chicago. There's been a lot
1: of links there. A lot of links there.
0: Yes. All right. The Minnesota Timberwolves on the clock at 19. And I'm not even sure what this team needs. They could use Ty-Ty. That's what I would have done had you left him for me. Or Jalen Williams. Yeah, or Jalen Williams. I, this may come as a surprise. I am going to go with Jake Laravia out of Wake Forest. I think he fits really well with what they have in Edwards and Towns. He can space the floor for Ant to do his thing, attack the basket. He can move the ball if it comes to him, swing it around to cat for three, or he can just shoot the damn thing. Uh, I like Jake Laravia here. I went on a spiel about him on our last pod, so you can go back and listen to that if you want to hear more. But I just think he's a great connective piece. He will be fine defensively. Maybe not a plus guy. But but he just fits really well into what they have, and I like Chris Finch. I think we we'll get the most out of him on the defensive end, so that's the pick. All right, the San Antonio Spurs
1: here at twenty, back on the clock. This pick came over from the Toronto Raptors. Their guy is there. I mean, supposedly they're going to take <laughs> yeah. him. And if Jalen Duran were still sitting yeah. there at twenty, I think they'd be shitting themselves. So let's go ahead and make this one quick. Jalen Duran, this guy will not be here at 20 still. He's he's at least coming off the board around like 15, 16, 17, 18. Somebody would move up and take him if he were still there.
0: Yeah, I like it for them. What do you think about him to the T-Wolves though? I don't think he's going to fall there on draft night, but I heard the T-Wolves are interested in Capella. And uh, I heard another name, uh... but that surprised me. I get it because I guess I could really see really such a good floor spacer. You play him as
1: like a four, and that way he doesn't have to guard fives. But I don't know Durin if you can have him. Fives. Yeah, I just don't know if Kat could hold up against some wings that are going to play the four. I don't see that. I feel like he would just be chasing guys around the three-point line and be exhausted.
0: Yeah. Hmm. All right. I could see
1: it, though. Maybe you stagger their minutes some and you give Towns, you know, five, 10 minutes a night with Duran on the floor where he doesn't have to be the center and he can rest a little bit and you can hide him on a three or a four on the other team that doesn't do a lot offensively.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. We're probably the lowest on Jalen Duran of any podcast out there. (laughs) I've gone total 180, man.
1: I was really excited going into the tournament and the last couple months, I've just, I fizzled out on him, man. He's kind of lost his luster to me, and I think that he's a little bit of an outdated big. He's got the tools to get the three ball, maybe, but if he never gets a jumper that can at least extend out past the elbow, I don't know what his ceiling's going to look like in the league. I don't ever see him being a guy who can play in the playoffs if he doesn't add that. I,
0: I think he could be very Capella y but just maybe a little meaner, maybe a little a meatier, more athletic. Thick. Yeah, I, I don't, it's just a positional value thing. I'm not that big on centers. I think it's the same thing for you. It's why we don't like Gobert.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right. 21 Denver Nuggets, you are on the clock. Okay.
0: With the 21st pick, just give it to me. Malachi Branham. Come on efficient shooter uh as a freshman shot like 42 43 percent from three at ohio state pretty good on twos nice mid-range game as well six five that's pretty good size for a two guard i think he fits in great you could play him next to jamal murray mpj um the big man Jokic. i think it fits really well and they'd be pleased to get him at 21
1: Agreed. It seems like a match made in heaven. He would be an awesome compliment with Jamal Murray. He could play on the floor with Monte Morris Morris when Jamal Murray isn't out there. He's a guy who would fit into that lineup very well, no matter what spot in the rotation he had.
0: Yeah, they need more scoring, and he would really give them that off the bench. Absolutely.
1: All right, with this next pick here at 22, there's one guy that I think should go by now probably about the ballpark realistically where he will. I'm a little bit higher on him than others. I like you Nikola Jovich here.
0: You can swing. I like if Nikola Jovich.
1: That's what I'm going to do. I, I think realistically they might take a guy like Kendall Brown that was very highly recruited, flashed some athleticism and potential, but didn't really develop and come along like he was expected to. But with Jovich here, he might not even play at all the first year or two, and when he does come over, he is going to have a three ball that's immediately worth getting him minutes for. He is a great spacer, a great shooter. I think he slides into that lineup with guys like Bain and John ja Morant that can penetrate and kick. They can find him on the wing, and they're going to like playing with him. It's just a matter of if he can hold up on the defensive end.
0: All right. Nikoli I'm not as high on him as you are. We know this. But yep. yeah, if I'm the Grizzlies, why not just get another shooter? Seems like it would fit well. They need more of that, actually. Let's I mean, that was one of their weaknesses. Uh, yeah, so I'm with it. Dope. All right. The Philadelphia 76ers on the clock at 23. I am eager to see if they are willing to move off of this one. Um, But I think they need to get a little tougher. Uh, so I'm gonna go Tari Eason here. This is oh, pretty wow. far for him. Most people have him late Lotto, uh, around 16 to Atlanta or 17 to Houston. I'm taking yeah. him here for the 76ers. Super physical wing, about six eight, I believe. Massive mitts. They say his hands are as big as Kawhi Leonard's, and he's he's good around the rim, good in passing lanes. Three ball use, was decent last year, shot at like 35, 36 percent. Yeah. And above 80 from the line, the knocks on him, right hand dominant and negative assist to turnover ratio. But I don't look at him as someone who's going to be he's a pro to guy in the NBA. I think he's more of a role guy.
1: Well, yeah, he's also a sophomore that was only playing like 23 minutes a night. So he's clearly not a finished product who's ready to come in and give you big minutes right away unless you're just seeing something that the LSU coaching staff didn't.
0: I don't know, I LSU man, who knows what goes on over there. But they they could use him quite a bit if it's Harden, maxi, um Teibel, Tobias, Yoke or Embiid. They need someone like Eason, another guy who can defend. Danny Green's getting old. Tibel is not really reliable offensively yet so this makes a lot of sense
1: all right at 24 we got the milwaukee bucks the guy that i'm gonna take here i feel like also could have been a good fit at 23 i'm gonna go with ej liddell you have been very high on him on throughout this draft process i think that's right about the range somewhere between like 18 and 26 is where he should go I think he is someone that can come in, fill those minutes. He can knock down the three. He can put it on a deck a little bit if he has to. He's thick. He can rebound. He'll do all the little things that you need on a championship caliber team. He would play at the very least 20 minutes a night right away for them.
0: Yeah, he's an older guy too. I like it. I think if you're Milwaukee, maybe you do draft a little more for need because it's late and you just yes. want titles. Stack them up. And
1: you're trying to win next year.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan. Okay. 25. I am the San Antonio Spurs pick coming over from Boston. They can afford to take swings as well. Third first rounder. Shit, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm going to go with Josh Minot out of Memphis. Who? Who? oh i remember him m-i-n-o-t m-i-n-o-t-t true freshman played in memphis only played 14.6 minutes per game i think it was a disastrous situation there it, it was this is a 6-9 uber long wing his wingspan's definitely over seven feet i mean this guy looks like a freak out on the floor He gets up into guys on the perimeter at the point of attack defensively, uses those long arms to get steals. He's an analytics darling on that side of the ball. I am buying the upside with him. He's a total project, not there offensively. Did he have a
1: really big tournament game, one of the two, either against Gonzaga or whoever they played in the first round? I feel like he had one game where he just put up numbers or played big minutes, had a big impact, something.
0: Mm, No big scoring outings in the tourney.
1: Mm, Swing and a miss there. Big minutes at all? Uh, Minutes played? No. (laughs) Penny Hardaway
0: wasn't having any of that. Uh, I was dead wrong. I felt like I saw him in the tournament some. Uh, Maybe he he flashed on a play, but that is... That's not the point. Uh, His per 36 numbers are really nice. But anyways, I think his defensive ability is too good to pass up on. Only shot 14 threes and hit two of them, but he shot 75% from the line. And I think you got to take a swing here if you're the Spurs. This is someone who could develop into a starter. Okay.
1: I will take your word for it. I have not watched any tape on him, nor do I have him on my board right now. <laughs>
0: Oh, here here's the per 40, uh, per 40 numbers. Well,
1: they're going to be insane if he's playing 10 minutes a night. I
0: know. I know. Um, 18 points, 2.6 assists, 2.2 2 steals, 1.8 blocks.
1: Oh, that's actually not that crazy. I'm really not impressed.
0: Oh my. All right. I, I mean, here you got. If, this,
1: if he's a defensive guy, then sure. But yeah, those numbers don't, uh, dazzle me by any means good
0: all right he can he can attack the basket really well straight line driver uses his length to finish and he's good around the rim
1: I'll keep an eye on him I'll keep an eye on him at 26 here for the Houston Rockets I feel like this guy I mentioned him earlier Kendall Brown he's still there he's big he's athletic he has a lot of potential we had flashes that we got to see at Baylor but it didn't ever really feel like he put it all together and I think in Houston they're needing a really good wing with some length someone that can potentially complement Jalen Green and whatever big they take in the first round I think he would be a nice guy that could play the two, three, or maybe even the four for them. And he's going to take some time to develop, but they're going to stink this next year anyway. So he can get some minutes. He can get the kinks out. He can start to develop a relationship with Shin Goon, Green, those other guys. And I think he could be a piece that's in the rotation or maybe even in the starting lineup down the road for them.
0: Yeah, he's got a long ways to go on offense. That's why I think he'll probably be a four on offense. But defensively, he's going to fly around, guard whoever on the perimeter. Yeah, I I hope it comes along for Kendall Brown because his athleticism is off the charts. He was
1: thought to be top 10 for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a flippening with him and Sohan, that's for sure. Kendall Brown was the higher-rated recruit. He was Lotto early on in the year. And then once Chama goes down and Sohan gets hoisted into this bigger role, that's when it all changed. The Fire Nation attacked Um, I would have gone Daylon Terry here, though. I would have liked. Yeah, I would have liked his playmaking off of Jalen Green and his uh, length on defense. But Kendall Brown could definitely serve them well, too. So I don't hate it at all. Okay, Miami. Let's go with the guy I just talked about, Daylon Terry. He's got a great personality. He's all about that heat culture. He brings it on the defensive side of the ball, and they have a fantastic player development system. We saw Gabe Vincent playing big minutes in the finals. Duncan Robinson getting paid a bag because he's come along. Yeah, Dalen Terry would fit great here. Let Kyle Lowry go. He's getting old. Bring Terry along. Love it. Especially next to Hero if Hero sticks around there. Come on, this is a good fit. He would be a nice fit.
1: I think they would take a guy who's probably not a freshman, someone they think can give them minutes off the bench right away. So this makes a ton of sense. Could totally see that. Same goes goes for this next play, but maybe Uh, five, five, ten minutes. You know, like, I don't think they're deep enough where he wouldn't get a shot. He, he gets some run, he gets some run, you know, probably have some games where he gets 15 or 20, but yeah, yeah dude's not going to be starting
0: for them. No, definitely not. I thought I just thought you're talking about like playoff impact or something and you're like, yeah, five minutes a
1: game. I, I'm just thinking realistically, like, yeah, I'll probably average five, 10 minutes as rookie yeah. year. They're not going to be looking to give him big minutes, no. but at, he'll play
0: at this point in the draft. I don't think really anyone is going to be playing big minutes next year
1: unless it's a really thin team like a golden state or Miami if they weren't to be able to bring in those veteran minimum guys but I'm sure they will and that'll be the case and it also sounds like as we said earlier golden state's probably going to trade this pick but let's just assume they stay here I'm going to go Wendell Moore he's someone that I think can do a little bit of everything he can knock down the three ball he can help run the second unit and do some facilitating and getting other guys looks just seems to be a really good fit here. And as I said the other day, dude's only 20 years old, played multiple seasons at Duke. He's battle tested. He's been in big games. I think he's someone that would be able to actually contribute for Golden State at 28.
0: I like it. I I do think he could help them. He's 33, 32 on my board, so not far off. I also like two guys I want to throw out for them kind of in the same mold. Andrew Nimhard out of Gonzaga, they could use a backup point guard. He could come in, learn that system pretty quickly, just sling it around to Jordan Poole and co. Um, And then my guy, Christian Brown out of KU, good, solid defender on the perimeter, can knock down threes. If he can learn how to get that shot off a little bit quicker and be a little more of a movement shooting threat, from Stephen Clay? Oh, man. That is the breeding ground for Christian Brown. That would be awesome. He would be a good
1: fit there. There is no doubt about that. But then again, I feel like everyone would be a good fit there. That's yeah. like the best place right. to play.
0: Yeah, especially guys like him and Wendell Moore, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, 29 Grizzlies. You're back on the clock. All right. It's crazy how this has played out, because like, I have... I'm at 27 on my board, and I've
1: got yeah, I've got 21, 24, and then 26, 27, 28, and 29 left.
0: Okay, Um, I'm gonna go with Christian Brown. He's falling to me again. (laughs) He fits the grit and grind mentality to a T. I mean, you got this guy Duncan in transition and yelling profanities at people, at the fans. yeah. Yeah, I mean him dylan brooks jaw bane that is nasty they need shooting as we mentioned earlier he's a good defender you know they might lose uh kyle anderson brown is someone who could come in and play sooner rather than later do the little things for them i think that's a great fit but if you're them you might want to go upside because you really don't have a lot to lose
1: Yeah, but I think that's still a solid pick. And I've got him at 28 on my board. That's right around where I think he will go. So that one's good with me. 29 here. Or no, sorry, 30 here. Last pick of the draft. Bringing it home. The Denver Nuggets, which this pick was recently acquired from OKC in the recent weeks. I'm going to go ahead and take Trevor Keels. Screw it.
0: Give me a guard that's got potential.
1: I do love the Duke guys, but I watched them play a lot and there were some games where I was really impressed by each of them. And I think at 30 here, why not take a shot? The guy's a freshman. He could be a really good compliment to Jamal Murray if he does come along. They've got contrasting styles. And I think that Keels, like I've said, is stout and strong enough where he can't really get picked on like some other smaller guards might. I think if you get him into a switch, he can actually hold up against some bigger dudes. And also, they need more guards. There is no reason to be playing Facundo Campazo big minutes in a playoff series. Keels, I think, would be maybe even an upgrade over Campazo right away. (laughs) So I, I like this pick.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of maybe a little more Will Barton than you'd like. Way more compazo than you'd like. Mm-hmm. Bones is coming along. Yes, but they could use help in the backcourt on the wing. So yeah, Malachi Branham and Trevor Keels. Solid come away from the draft. Doesn't Absolutely. feel very nuggetsy though. It
1: does not, but they have a different GM now. So
0: yeah, That's take that point. into account.
1: I would right. have normally gone like Patrick Baldwin Jr. here if it were Tim Connolly picking
0: yeah all right i think that's a solid pick i think kennedy chandler could be good for them
1: here yeah he's another one that would absolutely be in the mix um who else marjon bochamp i think Max he could go Christie late first out
0: of michigan state he's someone a lot of people like that really yeah. kind of struggled but bryce
1: mcgowan's out of nebraska yeah,
0: yeah these kind of Rocky year guys that were highly touted out of high school. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I don't one. think Davison's going to get drafted. Oh, really? Uh, I don't. Maybe. Really I think late. he'll go
1: mid second. I think he'll go like mid second. I saw some stuff from him, man. I feel like from a freshman that was on a pretty freaking good team competing for touches with some other good guards. I liked enough of what I saw where I'd take a chance on him in the second round.
0: Yeah, maybe like 45 to 60. But he, he wasn't that good at any one thing other than being a freak throw him,
1: Throw him in the G League for a year or two and let him develop. Like, you're not going to lose any sleep if he's, the he's 50 the,
0: Nick doesn't work out. He's the guard version of Kendall Brown. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. You really just hope the offense comes along. And he had flashes. Like,
1: him in transition was really exciting but then yeah. he'd make two buckets and next thing you know he takes seven bad shots in a row because he's feeling it yeah he had to get his he'll be all right though i like him i think he's got a good shot wouldn't be surprised if he winds up sticking on a roster in a couple of years and having a meaningful role even if it's just like 10 minutes off the bench on a decent playoff team but i hope he sticks around i like him i like mm-hmm. the hair too Unique yeah he, guy. he's
0: he's fun all right. Absolutely. We just made our picks. We made every team better. No doubt about that. Zero busts. Is there anything else Except you want to hit on the draft? Any trades you think are likely? Um, and I also want to get your dream scenario for OKC.
1: Trades that I think are likely. Phoenix is going to do something. Aiden will not be moved. It will not be able to work out. The way that things are structured. Like, we can't sign and trade him now. We can't do anything until free agency hits. So, he's not going anywhere. I think Sacramento does something at four. I think OKC does something. So, I also Whoa. think Portland does something. I think those four teams are the four to watch on the trade front in terms of draft picks. I don't think they're like going after a star or anything like that. But OKC moving up. Phoenix trying to get into the lottery. And then I think Portland trying to get off number seven to get whatever they can to get better now. And then I also think same for Sacramento. Those two teams are trying to get pieces now and OKC and Phoenix are looking to move up. So who knows? Maybe those are the two teams they both trade with.
0: Yeah, possible. What's what's the dream scenario though? Dream scenario for OKC would be
1: take Paolo at two, take the 12th pick and trade back up package some future first get to four and take ivy and walk out of walk out
0: of the draft with paolo and ivy that'd be stupid would you not be really happy i'd be thrilled um let me ask you though would you trade 12 in dort if you knew you could get ivy
1: yeah i think i'd take the chance there I
0: hate I to love say Dort. It, but I think I would too. He's
1: great, but Ivy could be a generational talent. Like That dude could be a six-time All-Star. I love Dort, but he's never going to put up more than 20 points a game. Great defender, but <laughs> it only gets you so far in today's NBA.
0: I would do it too. Um, he is the only player outside of the top three I would be willing to trade Dort for. Agreed. No Got doubt. It. Glower on one. The even, only
1: one I would even consider it. Others immediately, nope, I'm out. I love Shaden Sharp. Still probably wouldn't do it.
0: Gotcha. And last thing, um, uh, Mark Stein did report that it's gonna be Jabari, Chet, Paolo in that order. Any I don't believe Mark he Stein. He said it. He said it he's confident in it. And I haven't heard that from any credible source any of these respected guys who have been around the league for a long time i have not heard anyone be willing to talk about it like that so i'm kind of leaning that way right now
1: he's been wrong before plenty of times (laughs) i don't buy it if if that were the case everyone would be saying that and the vegas odds wouldn't be going backwards Like a few weeks ago, Paolo was like minus a thousand to be the number three pick. And this morning when I looked, it was down to minus 400. So there's no way the odds are going to be moving away from the consensus one, two, three that everyone's been talking about for weeks leading up to this draft, unless some weird shit is going on and people really don't know.
0: Maybe the books just need people to bet on those guys so they don't get emptied out. I think the opposite. I mean, if ah, yeah
1: eh, but if Paolo's a lock and he's down at minus 900 and people are betting on him why would you bring the line back up to a more reasonable price where people can hit it harder if he is a done deal to three
0: yeah that's fair um the last year i feel like day of draft or right before it we kind of knew it was going to be cade Jalen, mobley you agree
1: Yes. And I think this draft's a little bit different because we knew Cade all along. Yeah, because Cade two months before the draft, that was a done deal. Like you couldn't even bet on that. It was over. People knew Cade was one. So after that, it's like, well, who's two or who's three? You're just waiting on one team to decide. Whereas with Orlando, it's still up in the air. It sounds like with Jabari and Chet, no one really knows for sure. And it changes everything the way that those other picks come off potentially. Then you've got yeah. new teams trading up. If someone falls to three, they didn't expect. And then what if OKC takes Paolo at two? And it, it it throws everything for a loop. And I just feel like last year, one was a done deal and it made everything a lot simpler.
0: Mm hmm. Um, just a couple notes on the top. So Jabari only worked out for Orlando and OKC. Right. He's happy to go either place from what it sounds like. Chet did not divulge all of his medical information and they're saying that's because he's trying to steer his way to a certain team. Okay, see. I read that
1: he's been vocal. That's where he wants to be.
0: Yes, I've heard that as well as camp wants him to end up there. I totally get it. And then Ivy reportedly has only worked out for Orlando in Detroit. Mm -hmm. That's where it gets interesting to me. I don't see Orlando doing it, taking him at one. I think it's more
1: of them just taking a look at the other guys around there in case they get a godfather offer from the Rockets or the The Pistons or the Kings or someone else. Yeah, you never know. You never know.
0: Yeah, but that's also interesting because Ivy's been ducking the Kings. And then Paolo kept rescheduling his workout with the magic and I don't think he's even going to end up working out for him so I think he's totally content with going to Houston so uh, those three things are why I think Mark Stein might be onto something
1: or okay see I still have not heard any real buzz about two I don't I don't get how anyone can think they know I just don't with Presti's history why is everyone so certain he's just going to take Chet at two
0: Because he took Kevin Durant at two.
1: Okay, and that was how long ago? (laughs) That was also Kevin Durant? (laughs) Yeah. Chet ain't KD,
0: though. Chet ain't KD. You have Chet at seven on your final board. Yeah. Let's be clear. And I feel
1: confident. I feel (laughs) very confident when this is all said and done. I will win that battle. Chet might have a couple years. I'll give him that. There's going to be a couple years where people are like, oh, you stupid. You said Chet wouldn't make it, and... Then when he's retired at 29, I'm going to be like, yep,
0: there's my vindication right there. (laughs) There you go. There you have it, folks. I think we should end on that note. Chet Holmgren, the most polarizing player of the draft. Where will he go? Will it be? Most
1: polarizing draft prospect in 10 years.
0: Will it be to our OKC Thunder?
1: Please. No, 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 no. Or I'm (laughs) going to have a really bad night Thursday. I do not want to see that. I just Oh, it would make me sick to my stomach.
0: Yeah, so if you're still listening to this, give us a five-star rating, please, and join us on next week's episode where we are either rejoicing Chet Holmgren or Jackson can barely talk about it.
1: We will not be rejoicing Chet Holmgren. Hopefully, we're rejoicing Paolo Piccaro and Jaden Ivan. (laughs) Peace.